What's up, what's up, everybody? Did you miss me? I certainly have missed you. Welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through, we've been kind of not Monday, we're with you Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 a.m. to 12 noon. Certainly glad to be among you guys on this morning. It has been a minute since the last time that I've been on with you guys. We took the holidays off and got some, they did some revamping and things. And so I'm certainly excited to be among you guys on this morning and hope that you guys are having a fantastic day in the name of the Lord. Um, the weather is kind of looking kind of funky right now um, for us here in, um, in good old South Georgia. Um, but we're certainly glad nonetheless that God is allowing us this opportunity to be able to worship in spirit and truth and hope that we're able to share something with you on today that will help edify your souls. Today we're going to be talking about um, um, Joseph in the book of um, Matthew and how a lot of times he's gotten a lot of flack um, for being um, the one who kind of pushed you know, Mary to get try to get a divorce from Mary. Um, but we're going to talk about a little bit of um, his walk with God and how we can look to him as an example of how to have great faith in him. We're also going to be talking about Jonathan Majors and his interview on ABC and how he, um, you know, basically told everybody that he didn't do what they said he did. Um, and we're going to talk about some of the implications that comes with that, especially the fact that he ain't going to be my boy from, um, from, uh, from, from, from what's the, the, the movie called? The, the Avengers movies no more. Not going to be Kane the Conqueror no more. And how my feelings are really hurt about that. But, you know, that's just my personal feelings about it. We're going to talk about it in a little bit. But certainly grateful for everyone that's coming on to the um, live on today. We hope that we're able to say something on this morning that will edify your souls on today. Again, I am certainly grateful to be among you guys and hope that we are able to say something that will edify your souls on this morning gonna start off with a word of prayer and then we're gonna jump into the book of Matthew as we're looking at the life of Joseph the um the the father of Jesus most gracious heavenly father we come before you saying thank you for another blessed day in your presence we're thankful Lord God that you think it not robbery to give us this opportunity to be able to worship you in spirit and truth on today we're asking Lord God that you just saturate this entire show on today Lord God, every word that's said, every prayer that's prayed, we're asking, Lord God, that you get the glory out of this. Um, every person who comes on live today, Lord God, and wh whether they have something to add or something to tear down, we're asking, Lord God, that you just give us something to say to them on today that will at least grow curiosity in you um, or will edify their souls in some type of way. We're grateful on this morning that you give us this opportunity to be able to worship you on today. Let it show be none of me and all of you. And all these things will be so careful to give your name, praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we're looking at the book of Matthew on this morning. We're going to be looking in Matthew chapters 1 and 2 on today as we're looking at the life of Joseph. Um, as I said earlier, um, Joseph um, is kind of gets a bad rap um, in modern um, circles today. Um, a lot of people I've noticed on tapes um, you know, talking about Joseph in some type of way, their tendency is to talk about how, um, messed up it was that he wanted to put, that he wanted to get, um, um, Mary, um, get, either get a divorce from Mary or wanted to put Mary away. Um, that they didn't, that she, that he was so worried about the fact that people were going to say something about him and, um, the fact that Mary was pregnant without them being married, that he thought it'd be easier just to put her off to the side somewhere rather than actually, you know, follow through with being, you know, being married to her. Um, but he gets a lot of flack for that. Um, and a lot of people, that's all they really remember 
about Joseph. And so um, as I was doing my study um, of the book of Matthew, as I've kind of started going through my own little personal devotion through the book of Matthew, I noticed that um, Joseph had um, four dreams. He had four visions from the Lord. And in those visions, Joseph was a man of action. He didn't sit on what he was given. Like anytime God spoke to him, this man got up and did what he needed to do. There was no doubting. There was no questioning. He knew this was the spirit of the Lord. And if the spirit said something to him, he moved. And so I wanted to get into that today and talk to us about, you know, moving um, when the spirit tells us to move. Um, um, starting at verse 18 of Matthew chapter 1, we find these words. Uh, now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Um, but as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived from her is from the Holy Spirit. It conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, quote, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, unquote, which means God with us. When, Je when Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. So right there, um, you know, Joseph being a just and upright man, he didn't want Mary to be put to shame. You know, back in that culture, if you were found to be pregnant or with child prior to marriage, you know, you, you were basically considered an outcast. Like, there ain't nobody want nothing to do with you. And, and so to keep her from being put to shame, to be, to make sure that she wasn't, you know, um, messed with or, you know, that her reputation was not, you know, sullied in any type of way, you know, he thought to, let me just, let me just, let me just not be betrothed to her for a little while. Let me, you know, put her off to the side for a little bit. Let her have the child. I don't know, maybe he thought he'd be able to get back with her again later or what have you. Um, but the Lord spoke to him in a dream. The angel of the Lord visited him in a dream. And upon the visitation, Joseph was like, all right, well, the Lord said this is what needs to happen. So this is what we're going to do. Again, note, he, no hesitation. No hesitation. The Lord spoke. He, he heard him. All right, this is what we're doing. Let's do what we got to do. Skip over to chapter 2, we find these words, starting at verse 13. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. He said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet, quote, out of Egypt I've called my son. So the angel of the Lord visited, hey, the angel of the Lord visited, um, visited Joseph a second time. And in visiting him a second time, you know, Joseph acted accordingly. He's like, okay, God said we're going to Egypt. So get my family and we're going to Egypt. 
No questions, no hesitation, no doubt. Well, maybe there was some doubt. I don't know. But he got his child, got married, said, we were going to Egypt. And so they went on to Egypt. Skip down to verse 19 of the same chapter. When Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there, and being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. So again, we see time and time and time again, the Spirit of the Lord speaks to Joseph. Joseph hears that what the Spirit of the Lord says in the dream, and he goes away. Joseph spoken to in a dream. He takes what the Spirit told him, and he goes and does what he's supposed to do. And so I brought this up to ask the question, you know, how many of us are being, how many of us hesitate to do what God has told us to do? In the modern era that we live in today, we are guided by, you know, knowledge and logic and reason and have to have, you know, everything in place. You know, we have to have, you know, this, the plan has to be set. The thing, we want to know exactly how are we going to do this and how are we going to do that? How is this going to get done? How is that going to get done? And as a result, our tendency, let's see. Hmm. Can you see it? Oh, okay. Hold on. Let me try something really quick. Let's see if this makes a difference. Give me a second, y'all. Just a second. Okay, cool. All right. All right. So, um, how many of us have a tendency to need, we need all the answers. We need logic. We need reason. We need this, that, and the third. We need everything to be put in place prior to us making a move on, on, on that we feel in our spirit and in our hearts is where God wants us to be. So many of us will limit what God is trying to do in our lives or limit the things that God is, is, is calling us to do because we got to see. I need to see it. I need to know that it's going to that it's going to make sense. I need to know that it's going to be real. I need to know that this is what God is wanting me to do. And I need this, that, and the third. We want all the signs. You know, we want the partridge in a pear tree and two turtle doves in order to know that God is real and that God is moving us in this direction. We need the doors to open like this or we need the things to happen like that. Like we need so much proof to know that this is where God wants us to be. On repeat, we see in all throughout the scriptures of people in situations and circumstances where people have, you know, walked on visions. They've walked on word. They've walked on dreams. 
You know, the spirit of the Lord visited them and they acted upon what the spirit gave them. They acted on what the spirit told them. They didn't wait or hesitate on, you know, uh, or, or, or be afraid of, you know, well, maybe I shouldn't do this or maybe I shouldn't do that. Now, are there instances in scripture where that did happen? Moses' primary example. God is speaking to him through the burning bush and Joseph, uh, Moses is like, oh man, I can't do this. I, I, I stutter sometimes. I, 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 you know, I can't do what I, what you want me to do, God. And God had to urge him time and time again. And so, you know, we're going to have those times where we're going to doubt. But when you know that you know that you know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, when you know that you know that you know that the Holy Spirit's trying to tell you, it's giving you something to do. When you know that you know that you know that the Holy Spirit has visited you and said something to you and giving you a vision of what to do, we want to be, we want to be those who such that we're able to be able to move on God's behalf just from a word. Again, Joseph wanted to put Mary away privately, you know, to spare her, to spare the shame that may come from the culture at the time. But the Holy Spirit visited him in a dream and said, this is your wife. She's bearing the, the son who's going to be the savior of the world. Take care of your wife. Take care of your kid. Joseph's like, bet. I, if you say so, then that's what we're going to do. I'm down. That's what we're going to do. I'm here for it. And so, um, and, and so to that end, he acted upon what the Holy Spirit gave him. When Herod's getting ready to come and try to take, you know, all the firstborns and all that, the Holy Spirit visited Joseph again. Don't go home. Go to Egypt. Hang out in Egypt for a little while. I'm going to take care of Herod. You go hang out in Egypt until, until I'm done. And so what did they do? Hung out in Egypt. And they stayed in Egypt. Joseph didn't hesitate. He didn't say, well, God, you know, I got family members and I got friends that are there in, 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 in at home and stuff. And, you know, I really want to go back to them and stuff and really want to be among my family and things. I'm, how are we going to take care of the kid? How are we going to take care of the family? You know, everything I got is at home. God's like, you know, Joseph wasn't like that. And if he was, it don't say that he was there. He was like that in scripture, but he didn't hesitate. He said, you know, God said go to Egypt, so that's where we're going to go. That's what we're going to do. We're going to go to Egypt, going to hang out in Egypt. And if God, you know, says the same, you know, we're going to get, you know, we're going to be all right. And we're going to do what we need to do over in Egypt. Same thing applied again. You know, when Herod dies, I don't know if we should, I don't know. You know, I think we can go home now. You know, Herod's dead. We ain't got to worry about that no more. And the angel, but then he remember Archelaus. Archelaus is Herod's son. He's like, oh no, you know. But again, this is the, the the Holy Spirit. Let him know, hey, you know, you can go back. You can go back to Israel. You go back to Israel. Go back to Israel. So got the family. We took him out of Egypt, going to Israel. Lord visited him in the dream again. Archelaus is the ruler of Judah. Don't go back home to Judah. Go to Nazareth. Go to go to Nazareth. And so, sure enough, everything worked out the way that the prophets of old had spoken, but spoke specifically to Joseph, who was being guided and led by the Holy Spirit to go to these different places and do these different things for God's namesake. So what am I saying? 
What am I saying in all of this? If you have a relationship with the Lord, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then you have a living, holy, active spirit living inside of you. And more often than not, we ignore the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Because we are so prone to needing knowledge and needing insight and needing guidance and needing you know, affirmation and needing confirmation before we do anything that the Holy Spirit is telling us to do. So I'm challenging all of us today that, you know, if you have a, the living Holy Spirit living inside of you, that you spend time cultivating a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Notice I didn't say a relationship with Jesus. Because most all of us have a relationship with Jesus. But do you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Do you have a holy a, a, a relationship with the Holy Spirit where you know the voice of the Lord? Where you can tell when the Spirit's moving you in this direction, moving you in that direction, calling you to go here, calling you to go there, calling you to close your mouth, calling you to open, you know, calling you to speak, calling you to stay silent. Do you do you do you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit to where you can hear from the Holy Spirit. The thing that we tend to ignore about our relationship with the Lord is that our relationship with him is such to where we have been given a Holy Spirit as the authentication of our relationship. When we say yes to God, when we say yes to the to, to, to the cry of the Holy Ghost, when we when we say yes to surrendering our lives to him, when we say yes to Christ and say yes to what he has done, we agree to, you know, to be a part of his kingdom. We, we surrender to the call. God immediately sends his Holy Spirit to rest, rule and abide in us. The heart of stone is transferred out of us and is replaced with a heart of flesh that is beating to the drum of, of that um that the, the drum of our hearts is beating to the beat of to the rhythm of God the holy spirit that lives inside of us is charged to lead and guide us into all truth as it says in the book of John and God turn me right there John chapter 16 starting at verse number 12 I still have many things to say to you. This is Jesus talking. But you cannot bear them now. When the tr spirit of truth comes, he will guide you to into, oh my God, words. He will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me. For he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit's job is to lead us and guide us into all truth. The Holy Spirit has been tasked by Christ, tasked by God, to lead us and guide us into all truth. So again, we talk constantly about the fact that we have a relationship with Jesus. 
but do we truly have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Can we recognize the Spirit when He talks to us? Do we recognize the Spirit when He beckons to us? Do we recognize the Spirit when He calls on us? Do we recognize the Spirit when He's trying to guide us in one direction or another? Do we recognize the Spirit? We say we have a relationship with the Lord, but do we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Do we have a relationship with the third of the Trinity, the third of the Godhead, who is charged to lead and guide us into all truth. To be again to be quite honest with for a lot of us, we don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Our relationship is solely with Jesus Christ. Our relationship sometimes ain't even with God. It's just with Jesus. And as a result of that, we tend we have the tendency to limit what the Holy Spirit is trying to lead us and guide us into. Again, the Holy Spirit led Joseph through dreams to take his um, to, 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 to take Mary as his wife and to be the the, the the excuse me the surrogate father of Jesus. you know we, he, he led his family into Egypt, led his family back to Israel, led his, led his family to Nazareth and all of that was through the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. Because again, you can imagine, you know, all your resources, all your money, all your land, all your cattle, all those things are back home. They're back home. They left for Bethlehem to find a place to have a child. And then the Lord tells him, I don't want you to go home right now because Herod's out here being dumb. So I need you to go to Egypt for a little bit. No money, you know, probably got barely anything, you know, to his, to attach to his name. Everything's back home. Everything's home. So again, goes back to Israel thinking I'm going to go home. But he's like, no, don't go home because Archelaus is there. Go to Nazareth instead. Everything's home. Everything's back at home. But he trusted the leading and the guiding of the Holy Spirit and said, well, you saying not to go home, so I'm not going to go home. We're going to go to Israel, Egypt. We're going to go back to Israel, but we're going to go to Nazareth. And in doing so, the Holy Spirit was leading and guiding the life of Jesus to prepare for what was to come 30-some years later. And so again, I'm saying all that to say to us today, are you truly being led by the Holy Spirit? Because for a lot of us, we have a relationship with Jesus Christ because anyone who believes with their mouth and, and I mean confesses with their mouth and believes with their heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that you know he died for our sins and God raised him from the dead you are saved but do you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit can you hear the Holy Spirit can do you pay attention to the call of the Spirit because if you have a relationship with the Lord the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, lives in you. And that Spirit is leading and guiding us into all truth. And sometimes the Spirit will lead us into places and lead us into situations and lead us into circumstances that don't make sense. Logically, they don't make sense. But that's why this is a faith walk. 
That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. Because God is calling all of us to a relationship with him in such a way to where we are walking by faith, not by our senses, not by our logic, not by things making sense. We're walking by faith. There's a deeper relationship that God wants to usher us all into. Do you have a relationship with the Lord that allows you that, that allows you to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say? Like, do you have a relationship with him to where you can actually hear where he's trying to lead you? Maybe situations, circumstances, you concerning your job, concerning your finances, concerning your family members, concerning your friends, concerning, you know, yourself, concerning him, concerning your walk, that Christ is trying to lead you by the, by the beckoning call of the Holy Spirit into one direction or another. Do you have a relationship with the Spirit to where you can hear him when he speaks? Some of you may ask the question, well, how do I know the Holy Spirit's talking to me? How do I know that the Holy Spirit's saying something to me? Because sometimes I don't know if it's me or if it's the Holy Spirit. Sometimes it feels like it's the Holy Spirit, but sometimes it may be me. And I don't want to get it wrong if it's me and not the Spirit. So how do I know that the Holy Spirit's speaking to me? Well, one surefire way to know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you is you have to recognize his voice. And the best way to recognize his voice is is to dig into your word. To dig into your word to recognize the voice of the Lord. My wife and I have been together for 15, 16 years. You feel it? Like 15, 17,000 years. 15, 17,000 million, million, billion. We ain't told your hand up. Um, and so we've been together for a long time. And so. I know my wife's voice. How did I learn her voice? I had to talk to her for a lot. And so in me talking to her a lot, I now recognize her voice. So that if someone else is talking to me, you know, I'd be hard pressed to think that that person's my wife because I know her voice from our constant communication with one another in the same way and yeah i'm sorry y'all we got a storm out here so all my all my internet connections are just jacked up so again but what you can do is you can subscribe to the true gospel morning show the podcast on spotify and apple Podcasts, and listen to all of our episodes from inception to now including this one we're gonna upload this one right after the show is done so apologize for the freezing and the breaking up but you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show so that way you can hear it all without without breakups and without skips. Um, but at any rate, um, you know, I know my voice's wife, uh, my voice's wife, my wife's voice so well that I'd be hard pressed to know, you know, to think that someone else is speaking if they're not my wife. Because I've talked to her, I've sat with her, I've communicated with her, I've been there with her, I've heard her talk to other people so much so that I recognize how she's, I recognize her voice. And I know when she's speaking. In the same way, we the believers in God believe that the word of God 
is the breathed voice of God. That these words are God breathed, spirit breathed. As a result, we can trust that if these are indeed the words of God, then we, the believers in God, can take this to be his voice. And anything that we have going on in our lives, when God is speaking to us, we can trust that it won't contradict this. Anything that the Lord is saying to us will not contradict the word. So if someone is speaking to you, or if God is speaking to you, or something is stirring up in your soul, and it aligns with the word of God, then chances are, it's exactly what God wants you to do and where God wants you to be. And you can take it to the bank. If it's something, if you got something stirred up inside of you or somebody said something to you and it doesn't align with the gospel of Jesus Christ, may want to chunk it. Because again, if it ain't lining up, might not want to do it. If it don't line up, I wouldn't do it. Now, there are times when you have those gray areas where what, what God is saying to you, you know, lines up with scripture, but, you know, just something kind of seems off. You know, if that's the case, sit on it for a little bit. You don't have to act all the time. Again, you know, Joseph is an example of, uh, of him hearing from Lord. It was exactly what he needed to hear and he moved. If you're ambivalent about it, don't be afraid to sit on it to go to God on it, to fast on it, to pray on it a little bit more, to take some time with the Lord on it. But don't allow your fear or your doubt or your worry to supersede what God is telling you to do. Because sometimes we'll use, well, I'm still praying on it. I'm still, you know, I'm still praying on it. I'm, I'm still praying on it. You know, I'm still praying on it as an excuse to not move. When God has clearly told you what to do. When God has clearly told you, this is where I want you to be. This is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to act. Sometimes we'll be like, yeah, well, you know, I'm still kind of praying on it. You know, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still kind of doubting. You know, I'm still kind of worried. God's like, but I already told you what to do. What are you waiting on at this point? Because I already told you what to do. already told you how to do it. already told you how to get it done. What are you waiting on at this point to do what to, to do what I told you to do? Because, again, sometimes our tendency is to sit on what God wants us to do for what for ver for various reasons. And as a result of sitting on on sitting on it, we end up missing a move of God, missing an, a, a divine connection with God, missing a divine appointment with God because we're so consumed with fear, fear of what might happen. Fear of what's going to happen. Fear of what, what what this thing may do or what that thing may do. So again, saying all that to say, we as the people of God, if we have a living, active, breathing Holy Spirit living inside of us, we can trust that whatever the Spirit says to us is bulletproof. And we can take it to the bank and we can run with it. We as the people of God we have to be ever so careful that we're not missing the voice of God. So to make sure that we're not missing the voice of God, we have to train our souls 
to hear the Spirit of God speaking to us. And we train ourselves by digging into the Word, spending time with the Lord, praying and meditating on God, praying and meditating on His Word, and spending enough time with Him to see when God is moving and acting in such a way to where we are then able to know this is the move of God. Joseph was given four specific dreams. And each time he was given a dream, he knew God's voice. Joseph was an upright man of God. And in being an upright man of God, he paid attention to the spirit of God when the spirit was speaking to him. And in those four dreams, when God spoke to him, he acted, he moved, he did what needed to be done. He got his family out of danger. He saved his family from hurt and harm. And he was able to allow God's, and in, in, in doing so, he fulfilled the, pro, the prophecy that was given back in the days of, of Isaiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and all those boys. And so again, we thank God that Joseph, that, that Joseph adhered to the Holy Spirit to give us an example of how to follow the, the Spirit of the Lord. And we don't want to be like Joseph, we want to be like Jesus. So I'm not saying that, you know, we're, that we're worshiping Joseph and, you know, following after his and following after him. But we are following the examples, the examples that say, you know, if we have a relationship with the Lord, we are able to then have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And in having a relationship with the Holy Spirit, we are then able to live and move in such a way to where the Spirit of God can move us in the direction that he wants us to go. And so I challenge all of us today, as the, pe as the people of God, dig into your word, study your word, pray often, pray without ceasing, meditate on God and the things of God, and attune yourself to his voice. Attune yourself to the things that he wants you to do, the places he wants you to go, the people he wants you to connect to, so that you are then able to have a better relationship with him. And in having a better relationship with him, he, was, he will then be better able to lead you and guide you into all truth as the Holy Spirit, you know, as the Holy Spirit leads and guides us. And in doing so, we can have a deeper relationship with the Lord and in a deeper, having a deeper relationship with him, it will blossom in such a way to where we will be able to see God move in ways that we never thought possible. Be able to see God act in ways that we never thought possible. And in doing so, um, will allow us to, to really revel in and crave and desire the, the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So, so again, I challenge all of us. We have a good relationship with God. We have a good relationship with Jesus. Let us also have a good relationship with the Holy Spirit. For if we are saved, if Christ is our Savior and Lord, then he sent the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. So it behooves us as the believers of God to have a relationship with the, with the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can move on our behalf and can lead us and guide us into all truth. And in doing so, deepen our, deepen our power and deepen our joy in the Lord. 
Thank you guys so much for watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful for the 383 likes that we received thus far. Again, sorry for any technical difficulties that we're experiencing on today. As usual, I got boo-boo internet because of where I live. Hopefully, we'll get that fixed sometime this year. Hoping that um, Windstream will come on down and do what they need to do. But if you've missed any part of this message or would like to listen to past episodes, you can subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show podcast right now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Listen to every episode from inception to now. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Jonathan Majors and um, his in his interview with ABC News um, and the implications thereof from the um, in the fallout from the interview. We'll be right back in just a moment. watching the true gospel morning show with your boy eddie d right here on tiktok live we're with you tuesday and thursday 10 a.m to 12 noon eastern standard time again thank you for the 386 likes that we received thus far um um jonathan majors broke his silence in an exclusive interview and i'm gonna play both, both parts one and two of the interview for you guys right now so um i'm gonna flip the camera was followed by talk of critical and box office success, skyrocketing fame, even Oscar buzz. I'm coming for everything. But this morning, a different conversation surrounds that marquee name. Something about sitting here right now and, and, and looking at you and understanding the gravity of the situation. 
um, a situation that I, in many ways, you know, put myself in. The actor spoke exclusively with ABC News for the first time after being convicted in late December for harassment and misdemeanor reckless assault in the third degree, which could carry a penalty of up to a year behind bars. Why did you decide you wanted to talk now? I felt like it was time. Um, a lot has happened. <laughs> um, in my personal life, in my career, um, in the culture. It's about responsibility and coming forward and being brave and, and giving my my part of the story. Your reaction to that verdict? Shock. Mm. I was uh I was absolutely shocked and um afraid and I'm standing there and the verdict comes down I say how 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 is how is that possible based off the evidence based off the prosecution's evidence let alone our evidence how is that possible but after only hours of deliberation a jury of his peers agreed with prosecutors that he did physically injure his then girlfriend Grace Jabari in an incident last March what happened exactly do you know yeah, I don't know. Um, uh, she went conscious. That 911 call from Majors came hours after an argument broke out with Jabari in the back seat of an SUV when Majors received a text from another woman saying, Oh, how I wish to be kissing you. Jabari testified that when she grabbed the phone, Majors tried to get it back, fracturing her finger and giving her a cut behind her ear. She says inside the car, you hit her in the face, yeah. twist her arm behind her back, fracture her middle finger. Yeah. That did not happen. How did those injuries come about? I, I wish to God I knew. That would give clarity. That would give me some type of peace about it. But you're confident you didn't I have no question. Surveillance video shows Majors getting out of the car, followed by Jabari, whom he then puts back inside the vehicle. What happens next is what the defense remains focused on, Majors runs off, and Jabari chases after him. If you watch those videos, and you reverse that, and you saw a black man chasing a young white girl down the street, screaming and crying, that man is going to be shot and killed in the streets of New York City. Majors' defense team shared these photos, which he says show the injuries he received that night, which were deemed inadmissible in court. How were you injured? My injuries were... Um, I scratched on my hand, you know, from clawing for the phone, and I had a gash on my, uh, at the time I had a beard, under my beard I had essentially a female scratch on my, and it's my cheek for pressure, and that bled overnight. But prosecutors say Majors was the aggressor. District Attorney Alvin Bragg says the evidence presented throughout this trial illustrated a cycle of psychological and emotional abuse. In court, prosecutors pointed to a previous argument during which he knocked a candle to the floor. I completely lost lost my temper in that moment and, and threw it all on the ground. That's not something I would want my uh, child to do. And I did that. I absolutely did that. Um, and felt terrible about it. The prosecution also played audio Jabari had recorded earlier in the relationship where Majors encouraged her to act more like Coretta Scott King and Michelle Obama. I'm a great man. A great man. I am doing great things. Not just for me, but for my for my culture and for the world. That is actually the position I'm in. 
the woman that supports me needs to be a great woman. There are some who question, especially in the black community, as you're probably well aware, that, that people were saying, why was he telling this woman to be like Greta Scott King and, and Michelle Obama? It was me trying to give an analogy of, of what it is I'm aspiring to be, you know, these great men, Martin, President Obama, um, and trying to give a reference point to that. One of the things I also say is like, I need her and I guess Grace to make the same sacrifices that I am making. In a statement to ABC News, an attorney for Jabari said in part, it is not at all surprising that Mr. Majors continues to take no accountability for his actions, adding, the timing of these new statements demonstrates a clear lack of remorse for his actions. Do you feel you're not responsible for her injuries at all? I shouldn't have been in the car. I shouldn't have stepped out of the relationship. I shouldn't have been in the relationship. If I'm not in the car, none of this is happening. If I leave the relationship, none of this is happening. If I'm man enough or brave enough to say I want to see somebody else or I'm I'm done now I'm not in that car we're not here I'm responsible for those things but none of her injuries can't say that none of her injuries some commercial this has been very 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 uh, hard and very difficult and uh, confusing in many ways Jonathan Majors breaking his silence just weeks after the Manhattan jury found him guilty of misdemeanor reckless assault and harassment of his ex-girlfriend Grace Jabari the actor, at times, emotional. Oh, sorry. Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't seen my daughter in a, in a, in a, in a long time, you know, and um, a lot of it has to do with this situation. In a split verdict, Majors was found not guilty of two other misdemeanors, assault with intent to cause physical injury and aggravated assault. They're saying you didn't intend right. to injure her. Right. But the result of your recklessness right. injured her. Right. Were you reckless? I was reckless with her heart. Mm. Not with her body. Not with her body. The physical altercation started inside an SUV after Majors received a suggestive text message from another woman. Hours later, after Majors placed a 911 call, police found Jabari unconscious on the closet floor in their apartment, as seen in this body camera footage. Do you feel like that you did anything wrong on the night of March 25th? If you could relive that night, I wouldn't have picked her up. I wouldn't have picked her up. I wouldn't have put her back in the car. I wouldn't have tried to keep her in the car. I would have gotten out that car and ran immediately. The two met back in 2021 on the set of Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. The prosecution has described your relationship with Grace Jabari as tumultuous and abusive. How would you describe that to your relationship? I loved Grace. Our relationship was, it was not healthy 
you know, and that began to reveal itself over time. Like a stay. I, I, was, I was scared. Um, with the red flags, I found that, I, and I use this word, I was, oh, this is dangerous. This is months before uh, um, the incident. I should have been brave. I should have said, no, this isn't working. And I should have walked away. Um, and I didn't. Troubling signs in the relationship were revealed when prosecutors presented text messages where majors expressed suicidal thoughts, saying, maybe I'm such a monster and horrible man that I don't deserve it and should just kill myself. Were you suicidal? The, the ideations of removing myself oh. from situations permanently is a thought that I've had, um, I mean, since I was a kid, you know, since I was a you know, young boy on the farm in Texas, you know, it's not there anymore, you know. I've done that, I'm, I'm doing the work to, to keep it at bay and make sure it's not there anymore. Through it all, Major's new girlfriend, actress Megan Good, has remained by his side, even present for our interview. How would you describe your relationship? Well, she's an angel. She's held me down like, like a doctor, like a career, you know. I'm so blessed to have her, you know. The relationship is still fresh, but, you know, I think I, I found it. The March 2023 incident thrust Major's dating history into the forefront. A Rolling Stone article back in June detailed multiple allegations of abusive behavior dating back to Major's relationships in college, allegations Major's vehemently denies. His attorneys offered past partners to defend him. Have you ever had issues with domestic abuse? I've, I've witnessed it, um, but never participated, you know. And I've, I've, I've been smacked up before, you know, but... Yeah, never, never exercised it. Those relationships went back to when I was, you know, 21, 22 years old, and I just think... Was I a jerk? You know, was I, you know, you know, a, a mean guy? You know, and I go, yeah, knowing what I know now, like, oh, severe depression, childhood trauma. I've had very few relationships, um, so I can, I can, I can gather um, what situations we're talking about. Um, yeah, I was not the best boyfriend all the time. But never hit a woman? Never hit a woman. I've never, my hand has never struck a woman. Ever. After gaining critical acclaim for films like The Last Black Man in San Francisco, Major's once red-hot career is now seemingly at a standstill. How are you feeling? Moments after the verdict, Marvel Studios dropped him. He was set to play the prominent character Kang in upcoming films. I am Kang! But despite the possibility of serving time, Majors believes the script for his career is still being written. You think you'll ever work in Hollywood again? <laughs> yeah, I do. I pray I do. But it's, uh, it's God's plan and God's timing. For those who say, look, he's, he's convicted at this point, mm. what would you say? I mean, do you deserve a, a second chance? I think I do. I hope other people think that.
you know what? We'll be right back. Thank you guys for so much for listening. Watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live with you Monday through Friday. <laughs> no, we're not. Tuesday, Thursday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Again, thank you so much for the 388 likes that we've received thus far. Uh, we'll be right back for um, analysis and um, reaction to the interview in just a moment. True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live with you Tuesday, Thursday, um, 10 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Certainly thank you guys so much for um, for your viewership on today. And again, apologize for any technical difficulties that we are experiencing as we got a whole storm outside right now and we just got shoddy internet that's always shoddying. Um, to um, have this conversation, I think it appropriate to invite a special guest onto the show, and uh, she is in no way prepared whatsoever to be on this show. Hi, my wife, Nicole. Hi. I am. What's up? You don't have to be on the tape, but I do want to, I do want to hear your thoughts. And so I got a little mic right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so we've, we've both watched this interview, um, Again, I'm not gonna put you on the tape. I got you via um, via the mic, um, but you know I feel inappropriate to have this conversation with you, um, particularly because of the um, nature of the situation, and I think a fresh uh, perspective on it um, would be um, would be appropriate. Um, so let me just start off. What are your thoughts of the interview? Jonathan Majors, the whole situation. What do you, what are you, what are you thinking about that? <laughs> You're good. Um. So I'm gonna say that I think sometimes I don't like to talk about these things because my um, the way I feel about them sometimes can be a lot different than the way others feel about them, um, especially those who have um, experienced um, abuse in a relationship. Um, so please forgive me for whatever I say if it rubs somebody in the wrong way. And I will say that I am not saying this out of you know, not having sympathy or empathy for anybody because, I mean, I have been in an abusive relationship before um, and the person who's being abused is, I mean, is not at fault. So please don't think that I'm saying that in any way. But I will say that I have not 
heard anything from the woman. If there is um, something out there that she has posted or has said, um, and mind you that I don't go looking for it anyway, I have not seen anything. Uh, he's been the only one that I've heard actually just now. Um, read a few things. But um, I, I feel like, first of all, I hate that that had to happen. And I'm not trying to be funny right now, but how the heck, what was you chasing him for? <laughs> I am so confused. Go ahead, if I were in a position where, and I have been before, somebody hurt me, I'm not about to chase it like that. Well, you know what? Let me stop right there. The mindset can be so weird. Um, Talk about it. It can be so weird. So let me stop and not say that um, because I, I do remember an instance. So let me just bring it back for a minute. Um, Chase to that point, I don't know if she was trying to get him to say something or get him to talk or whatever. But um, I don't know. It can, the way you feel about someone in the the um the way your relationship is constructed can play a lot into how you may take um your partner's actions towards you i personally from hearing him mind you once again i haven't heard anything she said just seen videos don't think that he was in fault like that the way they are punishing him, I, I don't think he deserves that um, because you're making it as though he is the Chris Brown. You know what I'm saying? Um, and from what he said, he tried not to hurt her. He just wanted to get his phone back. And, I mean, he probably shouldn't have reached for the phone. I mean, you caught, bro, so just... Just give it up. Just let it go at that point. Um, so, I don't know. I guess this is just a lesson for everyone. I mean, know who you're in a relationship with. Like, you. it makes me wonder, like, did they have conversations? Um, did they talk? Like, did they really know each other? How, you know, you and I know each other. Like know that this is what pushes my buttons so and then when my buttons are pushed what can you do to not push them even further like I would have known like grabbing the phone mm -mm, don't do that because it's gonna push her even more and something may go to the left so I mean oh man once again like abuse is abuse is not right I don't condone it I hate it dealt with it We'll never deal with it again. I love you so much. Love you too. Um, but I don't feel like he should have been punished the way he was punished and nothing happened to her as well. Like, I don't feel like that was right. Um, you're basically punishing him, which, you know, it was bad on his part for cheating. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're going to do that, then you need to go look at everybody else mm -hmm. and do the same thing. Like, mm -hmm. 
I don't get why they did the, I don't get why they did that. Um, and she's still, like, nothing's happened to her. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like he said, if it was reversed and he was chasing her, I guarantee you the cops would have been pulled up in a hot minute. You know what I'm saying? But the fact that she was chasing him, like, um, you see nothing wrong with that? Mm-hmm. What do you think? It's just playing hide and go seek. I told you. <laughs> now I gotta get you. So, I don't feel like that was right. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts on it. Um, I feel like he was punished way too harshly. And I am a little biased because he was so good. So good. Yeah, man. He was amazing. So he is Olivian. Yes. But coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes, yeah. Lord. But I mean, and besides that, like, I honestly feel like he was punished too harshly. Mm-hmm. Especially from hearing that video and seeing the videos mm-hmm. that were shown. Like, people have, pe- people get angry, people get upset, people do things they don't mean. Um, but compared, and I'm not trying to, I'm, I am really not trying to condone anything he, that he's done, but compared to what other people in these professions do, you are treating him like he's a mass murderer. Mm-hmm. Like you're treating him like he was the one that pulled a gun. Mm. Or like mm. he was the one that, you know, I don't want to say what I was going to say. But he was the one that did so many bad things, and, and I don't think it's right. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. <clears throat> yeah. I think that he got painted out to be a monster when the recording that she took of him explaining to her what he means to the community was revealed. Um, because I understand what he was saying, I would not have used those examples, but I understand what he was saying. Um, when he told her, I need you to, I, well, but from all business purposes, I need you to be like a Coretta Scott King or Michelle Obama. He was basically saying that his career was on the rise. I mean, again, they met while he was filming Quantumania. Mm-hmm. With, and by then, he was in Creed. He was, mm-hmm. he was, he was about to be in Creed. Three, he was um, already in um, all these other movies. He was in a movie on Netflix. I can't remember the name of it right now. He was um, in Lovecraft Country. It's a TV show that only lasted one season because people are stupid. Um, and a host of other things. And his his um, career was on the rise. Like, he was that dude. I mean, like you said, you know, I'm using him as a prototype for um, a character that I'm creating in my um, in my books that I'm writing. And so he really, you know, became, he, he was becoming a myth. He was coming to the next Denzel, for crying yes. out loud. Yes. And so he was trying to explain to her, for whatever reason, where in the point in their relationship where things were getting crazy, he was explaining to her, listen, you know, things are popping off. And, you know, I need somebody by my side who can help me to maintain the image. Because let's call a spade a spade, you know, I did, it's an image that I'm having to, you know, that I'm having to uphold, not just for me, but for my black community, for, you know, the, the community at large. And if you're going to be with me, you can't be out there gallivanting, 
doing all kinds of crazy stuff. You gotta be a rock for me. The sacrifices that I'm making for us are the same sacrifices you gotta make for us. And so, I, at per usual, to hear somebody say that to someone who's sniffing and crying in the background, it's gonna make you feel some type of way. Because why would you say that to her? Oh, that's so hurtful. Like, what are you trying to say? That she's not good enough just being herself? And because of and because of that kind of attitude, you can imagine that people are thinking, well, yeah, she must have found it. Once she found out that he was cheating, he must have got so angry and so violent and so upset with her that he decided that he was going to, you know, beat her up and make it, make her fall back in line because she's not acting like the Coretta Scott King that uh, that um that he, she's supposed to be and be holding him down even if, even if he's cheating. Um, so again, I, I don't know his mindset, you know, we, we even, I mean, either he was very truthful or he's yeah. a dang good actor. We don't know. What we don't, we won't know. So I don't know, yeah. but, um, you know, it's sad to see that his career has been put on such a hold now. Like there's such a stranglehold on it. Because of a messed up situation mm-hmm. that, and by his own admission, should have been got out of. Yeah. You know, toxic relationships are such to where it is very difficult for people to walk out of them for whatever reason. Yes. He himself admitted that he has seen abuse his whole life, you know, and, 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 and been in it his whole life, and... As a result, it was normal for him. A lot of people that I talk to in therapy, they talk about how they're in this abusive relationship or they're in this toxic relationship and they don't know how to get out of it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, a lot of the people that I deal with don't know how to get out of them because that's what they grew up watching. That's what they grew up in. Whether they saw their mom and dad get abused whether the mom and dad or mommy or dad abused them, whether they experienced some type of toxic abuse their whole life. And so when they're in a relationship that's just as toxic as what they grew up in, they view that as normal in some shape or form. Their the, the dysfunction is normal for them. I wouldn't say like well for some for well, some for some I'll, okay. I'll say for some let me let, let okay. for some because some people because yeah, I'm glad you said that because for some people they see that and they're like. Nah, <laughs> I don't want that. And so it's not for everybody. Um, everybody doesn't grow up in a situation like that. And everybody doesn't, um, they may not grow up in a situation like that, but their first experience in a relationship may be such to where they think that that's normal or that's all that they're used to. There's a whole host of combinations of ways to where they can end up staying in a toxic relationship. Sometimes you're afraid of leaving. That you may get beat up, you you know that you're scared that they're gonna find you and all this type of stuff. And so sometimes you just you think, yeah, well, if I just stay here, it'll be safe for me to stay than it is for me to actually try to bounce. Um, there's a host of reasons. Um, so going off of what he said, it sounds like this was something that they were used to, something that they were accustomed to, and as a result of that, and now he was used to rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and so because he was used to the toxicity. You know, he didn't know how to leave it, especially given how big he was becoming. 
Because as he figured out, once he left, what did she do? Let me gather all my evidence. Mm -hmm. Never mind what I did. Never mind how I may have contributed to it. Never mind how, what I what I might have said or how I may have gone off on the deep end or how I may have been too drunk and all this kind of stuff. Again, I ain't trying to cast no spurs. I'm not trying to victim blame. But a lot of this situation, like Nicole said, wh- where where's her statement? Yeah. She ain't said nothing. She ain't said a thing. And so, again, you know, you know, his, his fears became, they materialized. By um by this whole situation becoming what it became, and so again, I'm not saying that she shouldn't have pursued it, but again, upon the evidence that we've been given, unless there's something we're missing, he shouldn't have lost his career over this. Yeah. He shouldn't have lo- he shouldn't have lost acting opportunities. His name shouldn't be plastered. He shouldn't be made out to be a pariah. When, when Creed three came out. You know, when he was passed on all the magazines and things, there, there, all that, all that, all that um, camaraderie and the, 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 the confetti and things, all that got swashed under the rug. When Creed Three came out, you know, at one point, you know, they were doing all the interviews together. They were on TV together. They did this whole thing about brotherly love between Michael B. E. Jordan and him. But as soon as this allegation came out, silence. Michael B. E. Jordan ain't saying nothing. The, all of the, the commercials never show Jonathan Majors no more, even though he the one of the main he the main character main in the main doggone character. movie. Yeah. And then and with Ant Man, the same thing happened. Once Ant Man came out, you know he was the star. He got a whole posters and all that stuff. But then when this stuff came out, you don't hear nothing about his character in the movie no more. It's all about just Ant Man, the Wasp, and the child. Yeah. He he is like he was gone. They didn't make no noise about him in Loki, and he was one of the main characters in the second season. And so, again, it's like everything that he's done has now just been swept under the rug as if it never happened. And he didn't deserve that. Not compared, like you said, to someone who's wielding guns and he's still the face of the NBA minus the shoulder injury that he received that's going to knock him out for the rest of the season. So now that that, that killed that whole dream and killed my dream of thinking to get a Marcus Smart jersey from the Grizzlies because it seemed like they were on the rise and there was a whole interview he did and the man was talking that same stuff he was talking at the Boston. I'm like, no, why are you such a great person? And so, um, and so, so yeah, and so I'm saying I'm so I'm so the reason I'm bringing it up on the show today is because um, as I was watching the interview, you know I could tell that again I don't know if he's acting or whether it's real. I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and try to figure that out, but I could tell that he was broken. Yeah, I could tell that he was broken. Why he was broken? We, we right, you know, we will came. We'll never be able to figure that out. Whether can God, it be because the image that he was trying to portray is tainted, or can it be because he feels guilty, or can it be both? You know, but I would think, you know, I don't know. I guess it's. I guess, you know, I want to. I want to go back to because, I mean, honestly, I it's like I feel bad judging this situation because we don't know the full situation and nobody ever will because nobody was there. Except them. Yeah. And so 
I mean, to think that her silence could be because, you know, she just doesn't want to come out because she's afraid to come out. Or, you know, her silence could be because, um, you know, she was wrong for doing what she was. I don't know. It could go both ways. And I almost feel like, like with the company that you keep kind of um, puts some, some type of um clarity for some people with your image because the fact that he's with who now L- listen maybe like, good and she been by his side the and whole so time like you wonder mm-hmm. okay what 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 is the real deal right here like would someone as like big and as Megan good as Megan good and I mean I don't know her like that but I don't know. I don't think she'd be a woman to take from someone. She, barely she didn't take it from Devon Franklin, and he a pastor. And so, mm-hmm. like, you just wonder, like, now that he's with her, like, what, 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 what is the she, real deal? She, here? Megan Good is Coretta Scott. I know, right? <laughs> so, what is the real deal here? And when you watch the video of him, when he, when they bring her up, you see his demeanor change. You see, he has a little smirk. Smirk. He looks, he looks excited about it. He looks mm-hmm. brighter about it. And so, I don't know. It's just, I also look at that. You look at everything, but you it's like I still just don't want to judge, you know, her because you don't know. I mean, because you have those women out there who do stay silent because of backlash. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But then you have those who do stay silent because they're going to let their evidence speak for them, yeah. whether it's good intent or bad intent. Yeah. So, I don't know. Because he's because he's a black man, looks the way he looks. Because he look black. He, yeah. He black, he black, black. And he looks like he'll hurt somebody. <laughs> yeah, that's a big black. He looked like an angry black man. But that's not mm-hmm. always the case. Gentle giant. You have those who do look like that and who are like that. But then um, have The dude those... from the Green Mile. Yeah. Look like Debo, even in, in, in oh, Debo, yeah. yeah, both of them, like both of them, but look like they will beat you up, yeah, in a in a minute. But the the the, the gentlest of souls, yeah, mm-hmm. so, gentle giants. You're right. I don't know that mm-hmm. Carl. It's, it's <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's kind of um, it's kind of hard to to judge and to wrap your head around because you don't know mm-hmm. the full extent to it all. All you can do is go about, go off of what you've seen and what you've heard. Yeah, and all of that is not accurate. Right, I mean the same the same thing can be applied to a to a lesser degree, much lesser degree. Mm-hmm. The Will Smith in the slap, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because he, <laughs> that one moment. Nah, he was just. Well, listen, I'm, that's what I'm saying. That that, that one that right one there. moment broke him. Mm-hmm. It broke him. Is is my point. Yeah, fully, full I mean, on. Just like it was his fault too. Listen, that's what I'm saying. But like the the point I'm making is these moments broke them. It broke them, yeah. and as a result of that, <laughs> as, as, listen, those moments broke them. As a result of that, they're now having they're now casting a different light, whether by their own design or whether design of the system, and as such. <laughs> Right. So, you know, both of them are having to now thank you. Like, pick up the pieces. They've got to figure out what's next. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, and, and the struggle for a lot of us, even as believers, is when we've been caught in our our sin, caught in our issues, caught in our problems, or just bro- or just broken. Period. It doesn't have to be a problem. It could be life circumstances. It could be you lose a job, or you lose a house, or you lose a home, or you lose a loved one, or something to that capacity, and it breaks you. What do you do when you're broken? What do you do when you're broken? Right, right. What do you do? You know, because a lot of times in the brokenness, we will fall back on default. I'm talking talking to the believers. We will fall back on default. And in falling back on default, we go back to the things we used to do, the places we used to go, the drugs we used to take, the sex we used to have, the the, the, the isolation we used to, 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 to revel in, the not taking care of ourselves, as, as it, all in an attempt to fix what's broken inside of us. And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's job is to comfort and convict. It, do both. Mm-hmm. And so in those moments when we're broken... Are we trusting in the Lord? Are we leaning on him and relying on him to strengthen, encourage, and embolden us and empower us to do, to, to, to live our lives, to live, just to live? Because again, sometimes the brokenness can be so broken that we don't even want to be here no more. And so, 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 I, so I look at a situation with Jonathan Majors. You know, this man was was on the top of the world, and he was in the top of mine. Cause I really, <laughs> I really wanted him to play Kang. I was so excited yeah. about this man and what he was getting ready to do with these Avengers. He's gonna kill him. I was so excited. <laughs> He's gonna crush these jokers. Um, Lord Hammerson, I'm so upset about that still. Yeah. But you know, but he was on the top of the world. Like he was every movie. You know, he about to be in every movie like Samuel L. Jackson. Okay. <laughs> you know, man gonna be in like nine movies a year. Yeah. Because everybody was on him and, and he and, and what and I think the part that really gets to me the most is that he knew it. He it. That sounds so so good and terrifying at the same time. Yeah. But yeah. Um. But mind you of anything? Um, right, but um, but I mean, he but he knew it. He knew, he knew that he was about to be on top of the world. He knew that this was that this was this was it. Like he was on the rise. He was becoming that dude. And so you know, <sighs> it's sad to see that happen. Um, to and not trying to make like this a racial thing, but to black people, yeah, who, um whose intentions aren't what people make them out to be. So You you say that you're doing this, but I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without putting the whole and full story together, because you see how um, you can put some things into the court case, but then leave some things out. Yeah, because those scratches he got. Yeah. That's inadmissible. How are are his injuries, her her injuries are admissible, but his injuries aren't. How is that inadmissible? Make that make sense. Yeah. But, you know, um, Michael Todd, who's the pastor of Transformation Church, um, he he began to rise to fame um, um, last year. 
um, TikTok and all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, his church for seven years had been putting on this Easter program. Lots of fireworks and pyrotechnics and a big old display. And this was the first year of since his meteoric rise, since writing his first book and all that type of stuff, that this was going to be on. And, of course, people are going to put it on the particular talks and all that type of stuff. And, excuse me, they, they, did the pro, they did the program, people took clips, posted the clips, then post the whole thing now. Of course. Not going to post the whole thing, the whole story from Genesis to Revelation is going to pick out the part that they need to tell their truth. And as a result, he got so much backlash for the clips. You're supposed to be about Jesus. How dare you put Satan in and have him on the stage. Never mind, we talk about Satan all the time. He's part of the reason why we believe in Jesus in the first place. Satan exists. You gotta show both sides of the gospel. Um, but everybody was so up in arms about it, and he said that there were so many people that left him. Yeah. As a result of that. And he said that that needed to happen. Mm. He needed that to happen. Because it taught him how to lean on God. Yeah. Get that. Because people will sometimes, <clears throat> they'll get caught up. And he wasn't saying he was caught up. But some people in a position similar to his will get so caught up in the fame that God will test them by seeing, if I take the fame from you, will you still worship me? And it's not the fact that God needs to see that because the God already knows. It's the fact that he's trying to show us because we don't see. We need to know. We yep. think that we will be a certain way when right. something happens. Right, when right, actually, we, we don't know. We don't know. <clears throat> mm-hmm. We don't know. When, he, when, when the song says, there's more that I require of you, mm. it, always, it always fascinates me. Because when people think, when people say, there's more that I require of you, they're thinking there's more that God's going to give me. <clears throat> God's going to give me some more stuff. There's more that he's going to give me. They're not listening to the lyrics. Yeah. They're not listening to the song. They're not paying attention. There's more that I require of you. She's scary. She's right. Just a little bit. Yeah. Like, more? You want more? And I'm already Charles and Trigger. Why? Yeah. And in those moments, that's what God is, is, is showing us. God, oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. I see what you did, God. <laughs> we just talked about how Joseph had dreams and was mm-hmm. led by the Spirit, right? Mm hmm. Isn't it a wonder that that was Joseph's life? Because even though Jesus didn't need to be taught it, he had an example to follow of how Mm -hmm. to be led by the Spirit. Again, this is Jesus we're talking to, so I ain't trying to say Joseph taught him anything. I get it. Nevertheless, I just find it interesting that there's a pattern there. Why? (laughs) Because Matthew chapter 4, starting at verse 1, this is right after Jesus got baptized. Mm Mm-hmm. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Mm. 
sometimes the Holy Spirit will lead us into seasons where we are our, our faith will be tested in whatever way, shape, or form, and that more that He's requiring of us, of us sometimes will look like humiliation. Hmm. Will sometimes look like heartache. Will sometimes look like a lost job. Sometimes look like faith is where God, where are you? I cannot sense you right now. I know you're here, but where you at? Yeah. The dark night of the soul. The, the, the situations that we rarely hear preachers talking about nowadays. It's all about go get your blessing and go get this and it's your season, it's your time, it's your harvest. We'll never hear about the times where, yeah, God may tell you yes, but it may still take you another 17 years to get to it. Mm-hmm. David, you know, you, you, you're supposed to be king. You're, you're going to be, we anointed you king, but you ain't going to be king till you're 40. Like, you're not going to be king yet. Yeah. You got So you got to go 17 years of being chased by a madman who want to kill you every day of your life. Because you, he killed t- thousands, but you killed tens of thousands. So now he want to kill you. Mm-hmm. Put a silence to them singing. He liked them songs, but them songs ain't by him no more. So... You know, we, we, we want the yes from God. We want the, 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 the stamp of approval from God, but we don't want the process. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the most important and the process. Again, right. Jesus goes for 40 days in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Like, him and the devil are having a literal showdown. <laughs> like, what? And the spirit led him there. And so I'm saying all, again, saying all that to say in the situation with Jonathan Majors, what I saw on that video was a man broken. I can only hope and pray that in the brokenness, he and God are having conversations. Yes, there it is. That he and the Holy Spirit are having conversations. Yeah. Because <clears throat> that brokenness can be healed, and it may be healed in a way where. I may never get to see the living manifestation of Cain ever again, mm-hmm. but that man's soul, that man's soul can be lifted up in ways and we get to see the living manifestation of his soul being revived. Yes. And, you know, Megan Good, for all intents and purposes, she is a Christian, diehard Christian. And so, um, you know, movies and all that stuff, you know, whatever, you know, she's a diehard Christian. And so I can only imagine she's ministering to him. Yeah. I would hope yeah. ministering to him and, and, help, and they're ministering to each other as a result. And so, again, saying all that to say, you know, I see a man broken, but here I am, God, mm-hmm. arms wide open, yeah. pouring out my life, gracefully broken. Yes. I surrender. Like, come get this. Because... Sometimes in order for us to be better, we got to be broken first. Mm-hmm. How you often said, sometimes in order for us to heal, we got to be broken. Mm-hmm. How the doctors say sometimes they have to break a bone to put it back straight. There you go. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. Even with medicine. Even especially with medicine. And the thing is, sometimes I think that the the act of them doing it is not the most painful, but it's the aftermath of it. You it's better the say healing, it. It's the you healing say process it. of that brokenness. Mm-hmm. But in the end, that leg comes out straighter. 
Right. But we'd be so fixated <laughs> on the fact that they had to break it. Mm-hmm. I had a oh, I had a client. Yeah. I had a client like that who told <clears> me. <throat> well, the client told me that the that her husband, you know, had to get medication for his um, psoriasis. And the medication is so flipping expensive that they had to prove that he needed the medication before the insurance company would pay mm-hmm. for it because it's so flipping expensive. Like, it's yeah. literally, like, I don't understand why it's so much money for skin cream. But that skin cream worked in, like, the first three days. Notice, I didn't say three, I didn't say weeks. Yeah. I didn't say months. Days. And so... They struggled for like good six months to get the insurance company to finally say yes. He was so fixated on those six months that even as his skin cleared up, he's still mad. <laughs> it shouldn't have taken this long for me to get this skin cream, but you got it. You got it. It's still, it's still, I'm just so frustrated because the process took so long. So what you going to do about it? And I mean, sometimes that can be the case where you have to struggle to go through something to where you have to make something happen so the next person doesn't have to struggle. True. But if you're just going to complain about it, then stop. If you're not going to do anything about it, shut up. Right. Right. Because the crazy thing is, you want... I remember when, when I was getting ready to go to doggone therapy school and we had to go to Florida A&M to go get that letter for that dude. Yeah. And this dude was just the freaking... Ogre, I ain't gonna say he was mean to us or anything because he was he was cordial, but he wasn't all that interested in talking at all and acted like, "Why are you here? I'm here to get the letter." <laughs> <laughs> and he gave it to me, and not so much as a good luck or anything like that. He just kept talking to the lady he was talking to. They were working on whatever he was trying to get worked on or whatever. And I was, I just look. Take it. No, this, 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 this one, this one, this one, this one, like, thank you. <laughs> he walked away. He walked away. Like, am I gonna be mad because he didn't he didn't greet me? No, he wrote the letter. Shut up. Now, if I'm, if I'm, he should have, he should have been kinder to me. As it, dude, you got the letter. Shut up. I know. Let's go. Let's what go. do you mean? <laughs> he didn't have to do anything else. He just wrote it and he put it in a letter, in an envelope, and he stamped it and he gave it to you. Shut up and let's go. And so again, we sometimes can get so caught up in the semantics of things that we don't appreciate the process that God takes us through to get us to where He wants us to be from one from one situation to the next. And it's not to say that we're out here chasing those things. As a matter of fact, the pro the the the, the things that we get from God are not the it are not the the, are not what we're supposed to be focused on. It's the journey that God has taken us through to be sanctified yes. in Him. Because yes. sometimes the outcome may not may not be what we want it to be. Mm-hmm. It may not end up the way that we want it to end up. Yes. But our souls, our soul sanctification, as we're being moved from one degree of glory to the next, that's what matters the most. And so God in his infinite wisdom will take us through seasons of doubt, seasons of hurt, seasons of pain, seasons of tribulation, as well as seasons of victory, seasons of joy, seasons of happiness, seasons of growth, seasons of prosperity, all in an effort to make us more like him. Talking about winning, right? We win because we've won, 
because we're being made more like Christ. Regardless of the outcome of the situation. I think about the football game last night. I'm pretty confident both of them teams prayed to God and said, we want the victory in Jesus' name. But there could be only one winner and one loser. And sure enough, somebody won, Michigan, and somebody lost, Washington. <laughs> I wanted Washington to at least make it a game. And though Gus stunk in the end. Bad. It's real bad. But, um, but somebody's got to win, somebody's got to lose. Both of them are winners, though. Because they're in Jesus. Mm-hmm. It still hurt. Like right. It still hurt like a mug. I got came all this way to get this W <laughs> and got the L. But both come out winners in the end because I promise you, as soon as you get that NFL contract, he ain't going to be worried about no championship. Thank you. At least that be me. <laughs> I'm the number one pick in the NFL. I don't care. I do not care anymore. Thank you so much for for allowing me to play football here, Washington. You made my dreams come true. So, again, saying all that to say, as I get ready to wrap up, um, Jonathan Majors and his situation, it's it's an unfortunate situation. And I pray Mm -hmm. that he's able to learn from this situation. I pray that he's able to learn from this situation. You telling me what's on? I pray that he's able to learn from this situation in such a way to where he is then able to know that it may have it may have killed oh my god. It may have killed your career. but not your soul. It may have killed your career, but it didn't kill your soul. And so there may come times and situations in your life where you're going to have to give something up. Mm -hmm. Whether you give it up on your own, again, if God is saying it, or if God's just going to take you through a season where he's just going to take it. Job said it. The Lord gives. The Lord. This is what... Give my soapbox. I told him to get out of here. Get my soapbox for a minute. What bothers me about people who preach Job is that they act like the whole point of Job is the double for trouble. The whole mm-hmm. point of Job is in chapter one. Yeah. It ain't in chapter 40. It's in chapter one. Naked I came into this world and naked I will return. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. But blessed be the name of the Lord. That's the whole point of the book of Job. But we gloss over that mm-hmm. because we want the double for trouble. Yes. That ain't the point. <clears throat> the whole point of the book of Job is that regardless of what state you're in, Paul, chapter 4, Philippians, be content. In whatsoever state you're in, be content. Content in Jesus. Be mad. I want my situation to be better. Be upset. You know, I want things to be better, but be content because e- because even if I never get to see another blessing, I got Jesus. Mm-hmm. Somebody said it this on Sunday. You're going to live to see it. You might not. You might not. You might not. But you got Jesus. Yes. And contrary to some popular beliefs, 
what heaven has for us is infinitely better than anything that we could possess here. Go get what you want out this life. Do it with integrity. Do it, do it with character. Do it with class. Do it for the glory of God. But recognize that just like Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, we count it all as loss compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus our Lord. And my hope and prayer is that just like with Will Smith when he did his thing, the same thing, the same th well, even though it's his fault, 100%. No, I told you to go up there, dummy. Um, same thing it is with, um, with, with Jonathan Majors. You know, anything in this life that you have is nothing compared to Jesus. And so I hope and pray that those situations have taught them that as long as they have Jesus, they are going to be okay. Yes. <clears throat> May never get another Jonathan Majors movie in life. Tyler Perry got him though. Tyler Perry got okay. him. I feel like Tyler, I feel like Tyler Perry. I feel like Tyler Perry gonna have Watch. him in something real soon, and that man gonna win an Oscar. <laughs> I, I can feel it in my spirit. I'm manifest. I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm not manifesting. We don't manifest here in this piece. Um, <laughs> but I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm speaking that out, and you know, you hopefully God will, you know, will do something with that because that would be so bomb. That would be. All right. Listen, guys, thank you so much for watching the True Gospel Morning Show on um, on this morning with us here. I want to thank my guest star, um, Nicole Williams, for coming in on today um, to talk with your boy. Um, certainly, thank you guys for the 368 likes on today. Thank you for every like, comment, follow, and share. Again, if you missed any part of this message or would like to listen to past episodes, you can go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast, listen to this episode and past episodes. Thank you guys so much. As always, if you can't see the good, be the good. Love you guys. Peace out, homies.